April 1, 2020, it's a lot from Pedro's show.
Live from Pedro Show, people. Happy D. Boone's B-Day, Wednesday, April 1. Uh, we started the show off with John Coltrane doing Naima, something live. Whoa, you can hear my guest way over in Knoxville. Thank you, those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype stuff. I think Mr. Gates and uh, Michael Scheidt, bum rush, but they, they created it. And so I'm not... Uh, Brother Matt, three miles south here at the Love Grotto, so we're in uh, Quentin Quarantino mode. But I'm not totally man alone here in my pad because of that Skype breakthrough stuff. I got, uh, by the way, don't use Zoom, people. It's fucking uh, data mine. I I got uh, Maggie Brandon here from Knoxville. Welcome aboard, Maggie. Uh, And we heard your uh, lower interior tune, Charlie. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's let's go all the way back of your uh, music journey, Maggie. Uh, what, what's uh, your uh, earliest musical recollection? Um, I guess it would. I don't know. My uh, the, my mom's side of the family were all very musical. Um, so I grew up. She played piano and sang, and uh, so there was a piano in the house. Yeah, I eventually took lessons, like, I think when I was in, like, third grade. And Can I ask you about that experience? Because on the show here, we've had everything from really good to real lame. <laughs> it was good. My teacher was, um, you know, stern but caring. She, she just seemed kind of bored most of the time. I think she had a lot of kids in and out, you know. That's what I noticed, that the experience is really predicated not on the instrument it seems the teacher yeah <laughs> yeah some um, people almost they all drove them away from music yeah i lost interest in it i wish i had kept it up but i um after my like first recital i was probably like okay i did it like i'm good you know i don't need to do that anymore like i don't need to go to that woman's house anymore <laughs> but you did have one in the pad there because your mom yeah okay. yeah uh, and uh i banged around on it and it was by the end, it was pretty out of tune. and uh, So your earliest um, um, uh, memory of music is hearing your ma play. Yeah, that and uh, they had a lot of records and stuff, too. We played a lot of records at the house. Uh, they were very, I don't know, real into, I don't know, rock and roll. And uh, they had a lot of friends, and they'd have parties, and people would bring records over. And it was really, it was cool. It was a, it was a pretty lucky situation as far as music goes where was this maggie (laughs) um i grew up about 10 miles north of knoxville in a community called powell um back then it was kind of redneck but it's getting a little bougie now Uh, back then what like 70s 80s uh 80s yeah okay so so what was the first record you bought for yourself Uh (laughs) um i think it was the scorpions um Whatever one had the whistle song on it, what was the the winds of change? <laughs> I think the one I had was the second one. It was called In Trance. Uh-huh. And it had a great, the first song was, I think, Robot Man. I thought that was a good tune. But yeah. the Hurricane era, yeah, I wasn't that much either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what was the first gig you saw? Um, Technically, I guess, or do you mean like a like punk rock show or just no, like, a, like yeah. live music, a gig, right? Um, I think it was Edgar Winter 
at the Chili Cook-Off in World's Fair Park here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Did you do, um, did you do Frankenstein? You know, I think I was too young to know what exactly was going on. You know, I finally, you know, that was a huge song, right? Because yeah, I'm 70s, right? Junior high and yeah. high school. So all the, the, the school bands played Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. And I just recently found out where he got the title because it was a 40-minute big prog thing, and he just chopped it up, so it was like a monster. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I never understood that. but It had it had a drum solo on an AM radio song, so that was wild. Uh, in school, did you were you in the choir or the, the school band, the marching band, shit like that? Um, I was in both. I <clears throat> excuse me. I uh, I started playing trombone in middle school, but then I was like passing notes with my friend Jackie, so I didn't really learn how to play my instrument, and kind of got kicked out, and so they put me in choir. Um. And they could never find a place for me because I would either sing things like soprano or like baritone. It was like I was in a different spot in the choir every song. (laughs) Wow. And just kind of going free with it. But I was probably frustrating. I heard the bone was good for marching band because big mouthpiece. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it bounces when you, you know, the trumpet's tough. Well, I heard the toughest was French horn, this little mouthpiece. And you, you know what I mean? Why you're. Marching, yeah, but I don't know. I never had any experience. I, I was in, in the uh, San Pedro High Pirates marching <laughs> band. So, in fact, I got kicked out after ten weeks of trying to play the clarinet in seventh grade. I just uh, recently got a saxophone, and I wish I had. Um, I don't know. I guess playing clarinet kind of leads to that, huh? Like, well, yeah, there was 20 other guys who wanted to play sex, so that's why I got on the clarinet. But <laughs> after 10 weeks, Mr. Luna said, Mr. Watt, you try hard, but you should stop wasting your time and my time. And he looked at the class, oh, our time. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, boy. I, you know, in seventh grade, I was totally I destroyed. I never took another music class. I got into the music school of D. Boone <laughs> and learned yeah. through uh, John Fogarty and Buck Dharma. <laughs> uh what about the shit um, after school with the garage band or the be- bedroom band, basement band? Yeah, um, the first band I started playing in seriously, um, I guess I was like 19. Um, we were called Divorce. We actually used to cover uh, the Say No Picnic. <laughs> I found a divorce song up on uh, YouTube.com I want to play in the third hour. Oh, great. Sour, sour cream. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, okay. that's a, like, <laughs> I found that. I also found something called the sniffs. So divorce was before the sniffs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, probably like two thousand two to two thousand five, we were playing in divorce, and uh, well, tell me how divorce got together. Um, the bass player Mitchell and I were dating for quite a while, and um, our friend George played guitar. And uh, at first we had a drummer named Jesse um, and that we played with him for about a year and he kind of went off, you know, went his own way. And um, then we weren't doing anything for about a year. And our friend Tyler moved back from, he was here for a little while and then moved back from Reno, Nevada. And um, 
He had seen us play a show and he was like, I want to play drums for you guys, like really bad. So that was great because we all wanted to be playing and um, he had like great energy and I don't know. It was a little, um, we all did a lot of drinking and a lot of, you know, we had some wild times. So it was was kind of, uh, it imploded, but it was great. This is your first band. Yeah. My first band that played shows. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and were you guys, and you were, besides covered Minutemen, were you writing your own songs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were all, uh, I don't know if we did another cover. That might have been our only cover. No, we did a Gun Club song, too. Um, but everything else was original. So, so are, are these the first songs you ever wrote? Yes, yeah. Okay, tell me about the first gig. Uh, it was a house show. Uh, it was... Our friends, the cheat uh, that we shared practice spaces with, probably until the end. Like they were, they're great people. Um, and uh, I think George played a, a set with his other band at the time called the Hometown Slackers Make Good. And I uh, don't remember if there was another band. <laughs> Well, that, that's okay. I'm more yeah. uh, interested in your personal experience. Were you scared? Yeah, oh. Were you scared? Uh, I was nervous, I think, yeah. But then after this show, it was just, it was so much fun, and it was so wild. And... So it was a positive. People didn't throw shit. Oh, no. People were great. They were like, I remember this, like, line of young, like, shirtless dudes just kind of standing in front of me, like, keeping me safe. <laughs> and everybody was just really uh, it, so receptive. I felt like uh, I don't think I had ever felt that amount of, like, I don't know, approval or something before. And I'm not sure if that's the right. Well, it's better than probably using the word validation. Look, look, (laughs) I want to use, I want to use, I want to play parking lot blues, okay? Yeah, this is not a movie. 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 Yeah
Get up before the sun Put on your running shoes Go on out and make your way The different streets to choose Metropolitan day Disappearing night Shadows move like distant waves Don't have to wonder why Feeling the runner's high Wanting some exercise Hoping to qualify So you are feeling the runner's high Head on out to the pier Seaport is in view As you run, you're changing gears The ocean skies are blue Horizon to the east Silhouettes float and fly Shadows move like distant waves Don't have to wonder why Feeling the runner's high Wanting some exercise Hoping to qualify So you are feeling the runner's
by a dark field, shapes seem to rise and fall, in and out of the darkness, uncut stubble yields a phantom shape that slides away again, my dreams, blobs of an ocean, skittering through my mind, emerging and disappearing again, in and out with the good and the bad, trying to gain perspective from them, just a fleeting chance you have as you awaken into the day, just like going by things in a field, trying to look out and stay on the road, what images I capture in my mind. I try to reconcile with reality, trying to get some good out of the some, out of the some visions are purely ugly. Old traumas brought reeling back, but I try to look on the good side, getting life out of that chance before everything melts away again. I want to know what is in those fields, but I will never really get the chance. Always there is some place to go. It's nice to ponder them once in a while.
for Pedro's show, we heard Parking Lot Blues, Lower Interiors, which is a, a proj name that Maggie's got going for this album. That's, by the way, great fucking album. We'll, Thank we'll, you, We'll get into that later because I want to lead up to that. Then we had Johnny Campos with uh, a version of T-Boom's song, Corona, which had nothing to do with this thing. You know, it, it was a, a beer bottle some lady was collecting so she could get money for her children in Mexico. It was on the 4th of July, and we were, yeah, we drank all night, so provided a bunch of empty bottles. Pat Irish with uh, Runner's High, upstate New York. Guy by voices out Dayton, the hearing department. Trotsky Guy Spit from here, SoCal, first music like 20 years. She's uh, greater than. Chris Burns from Montreal, Can't Be Still. Lucy Lee out of Oxford, England. Hey, male savior. <laughs> Bilge Pump from Leeds. Bastard Scaffolder. <laughs> Just sounds like from England. Bastard Scaffolder. Scaffolder. <laughs> Scaffold man. Uh, Joe Brewer, Madison. Jack Bruce Cousin disinforms the Sacrament Trust. And then finally, Lover and Infer Inferior, Lower Interior. Wow, it rhymes. <laughs> a little tongue twister there. That was a little clever for you to do. So, divorce ends up getting divorced, right? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, was, uh, those things happen. Yeah. And so, and, uh, it sounds like late teens. Or, do you go to uh, college, music school, something like this? No, no, I went to rock and roll school. Okay, so, okay. Uh, yeah. I've been thinking about going back, but now everything's weird, so I, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, what's, what's the school that evolves, right? Yep, yep, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a plague upon the city every Saturday in the fall. <laughs> you know, it was hard to play, and then finally there was a place, and yeah. God. Yeah. What was it called? It was two guys' name. It was actually a deli. You know, uh, the cat, when Scotty, Scott Ashton got sick at the end of the, you know, I, I did 125 months with the Stooges in the last two years of that. Larry Mullins took over, and this is a drummer man from Knoxville. He lives yeah. in Berlin now, actually stuck in Vienna because of the situation. But uh, he, he knew all about this. He knew about the, the big native guy who was the, uh, the doorman and mm. was that was it Vic and Bills? That's it, Vic and Bills. Yeah. yeah. And then you know he just gets packs up a station wagon and comes to SoCal. What was this guy's name? Bonehead or something? I mean, his <laughs> nickname. I think he went out I... with him, and uh, his, he told me it was crazy uh, adventure, but it led to all you know. And he ended up doing like most of the '90s as Iggs' uh, solo band drummer. That's so great. Yeah, Larry, Larry Mullins. Or or you can find him on the internet as Toby Dammit. Okay. <laughs> he uses that as a, it's from Edgar Allan Poe story, Never Bet the Devil Your Head. So, you know, I can uh, imagine being in that scene in, I think this was late 80s. There was one band from there called Honor Roll and had a guy named Cap Childers, who lives, uh, I think, in New York now. Maybe on... Uh, Long Island somewhere. And, uh, yeah. 
Sometimes a smaller seed, it seems, provides more fertilizer for a good crop. Yeah, I, everybody, the town's made a lot of good weirdos. <laughs> well, for example, and, like the last Minute Mentor was with the REM guys, and they were like, and they were at a Greek school, uh, Athens, right? Uh, bulldogs and shit. Yeah. And so this kind of pushed one way made the push from the other way. So I'm wondering if it was like that in Knoxville. There was definitely a lot of, you know, rebellion against the football crowd and the sort of honky-tonk crowd. And um, I started going to shows probably in the late 90s or early 90s. Uh, and I, you know, there wasn't a lot. There was the Mercury Theater. Um, I had just missed Griffin's. Uh, I think they closed down right when I started um, being able to go out. And it was a real small scene. And then uh, the Mercury lasted for a while. And then there was a place called Neptune. There were a lot of house shows. Um, my friend Laura ran a place called a Hell House. And those shows were really fun. But there was nothing for a while. And then the pilot light opened. I, I got to play there. Right, right. Yeah. And then it's that guy... He was kind of involved with the the ears of, of MSSB. <laughs> he was going to do with Mike Baguetta. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and actually, I think he got to start with the Bonnaroo and th this kind of thing. Well, that's um, Ashley Caps, and he uh, does not. Uh, so Jason Boardman runs the Pilot Light. Yeah, but uh, this this festival. Uh, yeah, uh, he doesn't have anything to do with Bonnaroo. He does help do stuff with big ears like he set a lot of the the shows up um well what i i heard was when big ears started it was just club gigs at club i think it still is like that right it's gigs at clubs around town yes yeah correct that thing i saw of the sniffs though was like you guys just playing outside yeah that was one of the first uh big ears <laughs> i'm that's hilarious that you found I mean, that. Uh, people people deserve respect i'm not trying to mix these guys up of course yeah. the pilot Lamp had their own thing, and Ashley with his big, but they kind of come together a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, they're trying to do some collaboration there. It, okay. They're all on the same page with the Big Ears thing, you know, trying to get the right people in for it. Um, but yeah, that for that sniff show in the uh, in the out of doors, that was uh, one of the first Big Ears, and we were kind of doing like a, I don't know, we were being rebellious about it, like. Just kind of like, I bet this is like the only time we can get away with just playing wherever right now. So we had like kind of a, there were like different stops. It was like kind of a walk and bike ride kind of thing. And we had different people set up all up, all the, all through downtown and nobody, uh, nobody said anything to us. We were like running off the of car batteries and stuff. <laughs> uh, there was a band with a VW bus. They would go to where the line was at the big, you know, all rock show and just open up the hatches and start playing. <laughs> I can't remember who they were. That, that was so balls out, I thought. But yeah, you know what I mean? Especially if you're claiming you're inclusive and stuff and then you're still keeping people out. I mean, maybe they should get called on it. What what, what did you do after divorce? Uh, I was in, well, I guess I technically still am in a band called The Dirty Knees um, with my friend Laura and Elizabeth Wright. Dirty Knees. Uh, yeah, we uh, 
we got tattoos on our second practice, so we're we're like a band forever. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Laura moved to Indianapolis, but when she comes to town, we always try to play a show. Um, and who did you first record with? Did a divorce get to record? Uh, yeah, Jason um, that runs the Pilot Light, and uh, he's pretty much recorded. He recorded the lower interior stuff. Um, uh-huh. Sounds good. Yeah, oh, almost up. every band I've been in, he's he's recorded. So. Oh, is that the Stripe Light? Uh, strip. Stripe Light. Stripe yes. Light. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like what that's going on. I mean, it reminds me of kind of the old days we were in here, you know, where you had to just make your own little. I know it's a huge, big metropolis shit, but believe it or not, it, the scene was so fucking small in the old days. Yeah. I kind of compared to being in a, in a smaller town. Yeah, yeah, because. Not even the square joints, but the fucking rock and rollers, uh, quote rock and rollers, really hated the movement. They were just yeah. assholes. Yeah. So you had to do things to go around them and stuff. But in the end, maybe it made us stronger, more independent, more, uh, what's that word? Autonomous. Auton- yeah. yeah. I think something good about Knoxville... Um, it being so small, I think everybody making something, there's no, like, there's not a lot of, like, genre divide, you That's know? Good. Like Everybody kind of gets in there together. There, if, there, if that does exist, there's probably, like, between the, like, you know, artsy rock and roll punk rock crowd and the, like, Americana crowd maybe don't really mix that much, but... Everybody's kind of in it together, and it's it it, it makes for a, it's a good breeding ground. <laughs> yeah, and you know, anyway, music's music, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so corny to put labels on the shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could see if you were a ska band, okay, <laughs> <laughs> or you could have the ska song in the set, you know, or the reggae song. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Whenever you get too much uh, married to a, a motif, you know, and you lose sight of Rhythm and yeah. uh, interesting lyrics. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour. Uh, April 1, 2020, Dish Watt, Peter Show. Special guest, Maggie Brand. Hold tight for hour two. April 1, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. I, uh, it's kind of funny, you know, I just like to listen to the message that I left on your, um, your little phone, your adoption, I can listen to it, and I listen to it, and I'm like, God, that's kind of really stupid, I'm kind of really
mine When folks rush up and say I'll take another I'll always it all I'll take another I'll take another Do not go down. Zon. Not COVID-19. Mass media. Popular culture instantly turned into barren wasteland. There are no cultural products now. It's released from material. Could ease minds, provide some entertainment or, perhaps, provide some much-needed insight. Most artists are reduced to social media influencers who repeat the Orwellian orders heard everywhere else around the world. Stay home and wash your hands. In short, nearly all forms of social and cultural distractions are replaced 
covered coverage. As people consume a steady stream of frightful news, levels of anxiety keep going up, creating an ideal context for the introduction of police state measures. And these measures were welcomed with thundering applause. High-tech police state. Chinese citizens must show a government-issued QR code on their phone in order to take public transportation. The threat of a deadly pandemic is the perfect context to introduce aggressive police state tactics. People are scared of the to see decisive measures taken by their government. However, once this is all said and done, will society recover 100% of its freedoms? Or will gradually go back to 50%, celebrating each percent as a victory? The first casual total pandemic was ever. Simply put, it just stood. All flights were cancelled and go back home as soon as everyone Everyone was toast, 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 toast. In a matter of matter of matter of moments went having large gatherings of two plus people. Restrictions on human generated a cloud of fear and paranoia as people began to alert authorities of illegal gathering. While these snitches would argue that the epidemic is eradicated, the pandemic has also justified the use of high-tech surveillance at a level never seen before. Here are some examples from, from around the world. In China, the government, government installed CCTV cameras pointed at the apartment door of those under a 14-day quarantine to ensure they don't leave. Drones tell people to wear their masks. Digital The government rolled out called Trace Together. The result was a map that could tell people whether they had gone near a coronavirus carrier. On Thursday, the South Korean government launched an enhanced tool that it says can help track patients even more closely in their real time in order to see where the disease was moving. Meanwhile, Israel security agency Shinbet is using citizens' cell phone location data to track where they've been so they can enforce quarantine controls and monitor the movements of those infected. Controversially, the data has been collected over the past few years and intended to for counter-terrorism purposes, the New York Times reported. The newspaper said this data trailer from the collection of it had not been previously reported. Some parts of India were stamping the hands of people arriving at airports telling them how long they had to be quarantined, Reuters reported. Reservation data from airlines and trains were being monitored to make sure those people didn't travel, the report added. In the South Indian state of Kerala, authorities have been using a mixture of telephone call records, surveillance camera footage and phone location data to track down people who may have been in contact with coronavirus patients. In the US, the government is talking to Facebook. Tech companies about the possibility of using location data from American smartphones to combat coronavirus. CNBC. Use of surveillance to fight coronavirus. Concerns about government power after pandemic ends. Albert Frost Khan, the executive director of the surveillance believes that most of these measures are here to stay. He stated, We have absolutely no reason to believe that the government agencies that are eager to expand their power in response. 
Unemployment insurance claims in the United States, from 2010 to 2020, a steady decline, until a sudden and historical peak, COVID-19 incited several governments to enact a controversial measure, the closing of all non-essential businesses, this led to millions of workers to instantly losing their jobs, it also led to some unhealthy releases. While most major corporations will when the storm hire back employees, a group of more than need business is not the shut. Which also be experienced such as Walmart, Costco, Walgreens, McDonald's and Amazon. In fact, due to a staggering jump sales, Amazon recently announced the hiring over one thousand employees to help cope with the demand. No, 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 Government, 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 the closing of all the closing of line the close all their jobs hire back employees great number of small and medium businesses will shut down situational 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 Financial aid to those impacted by the shutdown. However, this money will not come out of thin air. It will result in massive debts and, most likely, higher taxes. In poorer countries, financial aid is rare or non-existent, a recipe for impending chaos. In the end, all economic crises always end up favoring the elite. The net result of the financial crash of 2008 and its bailouts led to the funneling of tens of trillions of dollars from the pockets of the middle class towards the world elite. While the above assessment might seem grim, it is an objective analysis of a planet in lockdown. In a matter of weeks, 
The entire planet went from normalcy to fear, panic, paranoia, confinement, unemployment, police state surveillance and extreme social distancing. Millions of citizens who thrived on freedom and free enterprise are now on house arrest and must rely on the government for subsistence. Although the absolute necessity of these measures is up for the vault, there is no possible debate about their necessity once the virus is gone. And we need to make sure that the dystopian nightmare we are living now does not become permanent. Because, right now, some power-hungry people are salivating and they will only want more of this. In these critical times, we must keep track of the many ways society is being altered and we must make sure that, once the virus is gone, liberty is fully restored. Because, as Thomas Jefferson said, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. P.S. If you appreciated this article, From Pedro Show, we start off the second hour with Lower Interiors, which Maggie Brandon. I sound stupid. Psycho uh, after that, the Medicine Man. This is a band that did only one gig in the early 70s. Oh, wow. <laughs> they were trying to get a second gig going, but the band <laughs> fell apart. They're just out of high school. Talk about do it yourself. But the, the music's kind of trippy, kind of prog, a lot of parts. So, uh, my, my friend Byron Coley knows about. All the, I think 50 records were pressed. Yeah, and one gig. <laughs> Incredible. And, the, and, you know, Psych, S-E-I-C-H-E, of course. Yeah. And Craig Bell, Bell, who actually lives in Indianapolis now, great cat uh, from Ohio, uh, Rocket from the Tombs. Uh, real to me. Schizo Fuel out of Amarillo with Wizard Oil. Uh, Mega Doubt. That's uh, Nanda in uh, Trieste, he's living nowadays, with uh, stay home and wash your hands. And then finally, penis between us, daddy don't. So what's the daddy don't prize, Maggie? So uh, my friend Sharice and I. um, The the dirty knees lady. uh, No, different different lady. Um, 
<clears throat> she, uh, I don't know. We've just, um, you, you know, you just meet some people and you, you click and you can't stop laughing when you're together. Kind of, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Those are the good and, ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. We just had like all these jokes and, and stuff and just decided to start a band. Uh, I had, I'd always wanted to play drums and, uh, had never really had a chance and she was learning guitar. And so we just started doing it and, um, yeah, had a lot of fun with that. Our friend, Brad Fowler, who has a lot of amazing projects too, um, uh, goes by the Criswell collective. Um, he wanted to play bass with us and we told him no. So he, (laughs) he told us he would blow bubbles. And, um, so he's like in the band, you know, and, and he blows bubbles for us and sits on stage. We like did a tour and people were kind of like, what's up with this guy? And then, you know, uh, they were like cracking up that, that, you know, it's like another layer of the joke. It's like, yeah, that's actually what he's doing. He's on tour with us to blow bubbles, you know? Um, and the name of the band, I mean, you know, there's no dirty <laughs> words, but what an image. You know? I remember one time uh, I played with this band up in the city called uh, Uncle Bob Touched Me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, no dirty words, but... But it's, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the image. Too bad yeah. they were just kind of bland hardcore because it, <laughs> sometimes that's all a band's got is a good name. But uh, Daddy Don't's got, I, I like the sound too. But yeah. It's trippy. So, so, so people, you hear that? You want to play an instrument? Start a band. <laughs> right? It kind of forces the issue. Right? I kind of did that with the stand-up bass. I wanted to learn it, so I thought, well, these kill rock star people want me to do a seven-inch, so I guess I have to learn the motherfucker if I say I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I want to play another Daddy song. Uh, now, I thought this was la- Lady ba- Bass when I heard it, but oh, then yeah. when I heard it, I, I knew I was wrong. Spirit and so White man's world with my black pride. See the freedom death for homicide. 
Revolutionary nigga on that God shit poppin'. Left the bank from making a deposit. I got this. I'm planted out and then I go accomplish. I'm conscious. Fly it in a blimpin' helicopter. I'm honest. Burner in the holster. Soldier. Smoking in stone like a sculpture. Stoner. Grew up round shark snakes and vultures. I'm colder. Sex, drugs, homicide, and hip hop. My culture. Smoking to ease my mind. Rebooks and exercise. Real niggas don't die. We recruit and multiply. Revolution on my mind, so I'm out here on my grind. Fuck it, Corbang, unless unite and organize. Ride, foot on the gas, bout a hundred on the dash. Getting to the money and I'm getting to it fast. Carpooling with no passengers. See me flying past. Soon as I get my cash up, I'm moving back to Africa. I hold it down like gravity. Making money every day to keep my sanity. Shit, I'm just trying to feed my family. And make my dreams become reality. I'm still screaming, fuck the other side. In this white man's world with my black pride. See the freedom, death, or homicide. Mic check, one, two, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Just a young nigga on some other shit, struggling. Did a lot of dirt, I guess it's punishment. Stuck as shit. Reminisce on times when I was running shit, hustling. Now I'm out here feeling like a bum and shit. Fuck this shit, gunning with my pistol. Bad to the bone gristle, robbing niggas and who with them. I like getting money, simple. It's hard out in these streets, niggas flossing like it's dental. No, I got the pistol popping like a thistle. Fuck this black power shit, I'm through with all these politics I'm trying to show them love, but they testing me like college kids A father now, I got a kid, don't wanna live in how I live I'm trying to make the situation better with her moms and shit She be tripping, so that's why I keep a distance Pack my shit, got in the car, I'm on a mission Carpooling with no passengers, see me flying past you. Soon as I get my cash up, I'm moving back to Africa I hold it down like gravity Making money every day to keep my sanity Shit, I'm just trying to feed my family Make my dreams become reality I'm still screaming fuck the other side In this white man's world with my black pride And see the freedom death for homicide Mic check one two one two one two Mic check one two one two Mic check one two one two one two Mic check one two one two Mic check one two one two One two one two Mic check one two one two one two. Mic check one two one two. It's not a game how I slice. Got a hundred songs worth more than a bowl of powder cocaine. With a hundred holes on one stroke, that's bust loads of game. Slow your fucking road, this traffic I ain't causing on this black. Ride with my lows but don't bang. Lose my temper quick, turn into a crib with no set to claim. California mind, my mind frame. Picture perfect, like photographic memory. Guerrilla war on my coward ass enemies with a barrel to your face. Now you playing on my sins. I think this rap shit is really meant for me. And us. Niggas in America coming soon. Like I'm about to bust a nut.
fucking down with nothing For Pedro Show, yeah, Lady Bass from Daddy Don't. DJ writes with uh, Mike Check, uh, Neto Millet Cooperative, Fernanda again with, uh, but this a uh, different mode. Uh, he's got a lot of time. You know, I'm getting music from my buddies because, uh, yeah, I mean, what else you gonna do is make music nowadays? Uh, maybe not a bad thing. Yeah. That way, on that level. I heard King Lear was done during a quarantine. <laughs> Whoever wrote it, I don't know if this guy, Shakespeare from... Shakespeare, yeah. Yeah, right? You know about the different spelling? Uh, like, no, I don't, no, I don't. Yeah, the guy from Avon, Stratford-upon-Avon. Yeah, and he signed his name five or six different ways. Yeah. A lot of people think this guy didn't write this shit. It was the fucking 17th Earl of Oxford. Anyway... Go down that rabbit hole on the YouTube. <laughs> the YouTube.com uh, rabbit hole. You can get it on that. It's a huge. Well, you know, it's a lot of uh, the tourist industry, so they don't want it to go away. But, uh, you know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting on a tangent here. Um, White Greg, Eric's Balls. Now, White Greg's another prize, right? You're involved with. Yes. Um, that came about a little bit before Daddy Don't. Like, it was sort of in the same year and the sniff. Like, I was doing all but, three. But there's guys in this band. Yeah, it's... And more uh, than bubble blowers. More than... more. Than, well, you could say that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> blowing, I qualify that. I qualify it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tyler, that was in Divorce, um, he played drums in Divorce, and he yeah. plays guitar in White Greg. Um, he, he He's a mover, right? He makes things happen. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. He's a... He's a get-her-done kind of guy. Yeah, shot collar. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's good to have cats like that. <laughs> because sometimes it just ends up, this is my fear of coffee houses. <laughs> like they're just people <laughs> spieling. Nothing ever gets done. Yeah, there's a lot of... So uh, thank you, Tyler. So he got this prize rolling and he enlisted you? Uh, he No, actually... Uh, Eric, uh, that played guitar, and I, I think, kind of came up with the idea, and okay. Eric asked Tyler, and um, Tyler's good friend, Damien, or my good friend as well, but <laughs> they uh, grew up together. In bands. Yeah, um, it's kind of like two pairs of people that have played together for a really long time. Ty Tyler and Damien played together for a long time, and Jason and Eric played together for a long time, and I was kind of just... Uh, you know, yelling over it. <laughs> right. Uh, Eric's balls. Well, right. I mean, you don't stop there. You get to Tyler's. Uh, uh, we heard Mario DeSandro with the exit reprise and King Nippy out of Salt Lake City with Hume Reed. And then it's Tyler's balls with White Greg. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the name of the band? 
What's that about? I don't even know. It was some kind of joke between Tyler and Eric, and uh, we had been trying to find something, and uh, they just thought it was funny. And I don't know. I saw on the album cover you're wearing a fucking name tag. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I made those in the van on our uh, first tour, so I was, like, keeping my hands busy. Um, And so do you write a lot for White Greg? Yeah, I did all all of the lyrics are mine. Oh, all okay. of our separate parts are our parts, you know. Um a, a true band. We all we all had our own our voice there. Um and, and then and, after this you got together with your uh Teresa, right, to do uh, Daddy Don't. And then the lower interiors. Now how'd that, that come around? Um so I guess I just well, Eric let me borrow a I think it's a DD6 or a DD7, the one with the loop on it. Um, it's a boss. Yeah, yeah, a little boss guy. And uh, he was like oh, showing so me. so you can sample yourself and do loops. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I just kind of started messing around with that. And I'd always sort of wanted a uh, project that I could tour anytime or just, you know, I didn't have to, like, get a hold of eight other people to see if, it was okay. You mean, <laughs> you're talking okay. woman alone. Yeah. Yeah. Lone gunman. And, uh, yeah. I, Petra's the, Petra Hayden, a friend of mine, she's done this where she piles up layers of her voice and, uh, Laura Rotten too. I saw her do that. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. You don't have to rely on a bunch of, there's more room in the boat too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't as fun when I was like on the road and got sick. That was like, where it started to really feel like, oh yeah, like there's nobody else to drive. There's nobody else to, <laughs> there's, you know, and like get kind of, it gets lonely, you know, sure, but, sure. Um, but it's nice to have control and it's nice to have, uh, I don't know, just to be able to take my time with, I have been playing. So Sharice from daddy don't plays yeah. saxophone Mm-hmm. And my friend Josh Ivester plays drums. Uh, and we were for Big Ears or it, the Counter Festival, Big Asses. Uh, we were going to play a set <laughs> of lower interior songs, but they, they were going to accompany me. Um, and hopefully we'll get to do that soon. We, you know, it all got canceled, but um, it was it was really fun playing with them. But it, it made me have to like rethink everything I had been doing because. I, I could just take my time with it and feel it out, you know, and now I have to like, the <laughs> you know, ensemble, right. You have to, yeah, I have to be considerate of other people. <laughs> right, right. Where'd you get the name? Um, so I have, okay. Completely honestly, uh, I have really bad teeth. Right. Yeah. And me too. Um, so the ones in the very front on the bottom are called your lower anteriors. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I guess I was just like kind of making a dirty joke to myself about it and, um, you know, ran with it from there. <laughs> That's okay. I like it a lot. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, April 1, 2020, Dish Wap Pedro Show, special guest. Now, you brand a whole time for hour three. April 1, 2020, it's the third hour of the Wap Pedro Show. <laughs>
thousand ships
to me I walk down the devil's boulevard up and still my heart is hard
Pedro show. We started the third hour off with divorce, something live from sour cream. And uh, I know you you were more younger then, but sounded great. The band too. Uh, Dollum after that with Big Brown, uh, Jerk a Ham with Three Pillars, Jerk a Gram. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, kangaroo. That's a, a name that could only exist in the last few years, right? <laughs> and Kangaroo Court from Crane up in Idaho. You to pimp. Destiny Calls, and finally, Living Too Late, Lower Interiors. So where did you record the Lower Interiors? Uh, we did that at uh, Striped Light. Uh, so it's a record label. It's also a print shop, and uh, like letterpress print shop. Yeah. Um, and then Jason's built a studio um, within the building of the print shop. And uh, so we did it there, and... Um, you can hear some like truck noise and stuff every once in a while, which I actually liked. He was kind of like, Oh no. And I was like, no, that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> People don't know if it's like a, you know, supposed to be there or not. I guess now they know. Cause I just told them, but um, <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take you to do? I think we did that in, Oh, it was probably like three or maybe two or three sessions. Um, you know, it took a couple of weeks just to get together and get everything done. But um, yeah, not not very long. Everything's pretty straightforward. So we had a lot of um, I don't know. There's a lot more stuff. Like I, what am I trying to say? Okay, so I uh, usually feed in loops of like uh, songs to kind of sample, but we sort of left that off of it because of copyright stuff and. Um, but there's a lot more material hopefully could put out sometime, you know, without it being official in any way so that no one gets sued. But <laughs> well, you, you think, think about it with this kind of format. Couldn't you get your guys like Eric and Tyler to put together a little band and then sample that? That would be horrible. Um, who was the producer? Was it you? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you got to be the shot caller. That's great. That's yeah, great. Jason, uh, you know, was figuring out some ways to record it creatively. You know, uh, I was going direct, and then he was also recording the room, and he did all the mixing and everything. <clears throat> he did a but, great job. Uh, really good job. I want to play Cocksucker. <laughs> Thank you. 
Why for Pedro show? Cocksucker from Lower Interiors. Then why I carry a knife from the zigzags? Sanardo with heyday. Like hey, H-E-Y, get it? Nose, nose. I'll take you there in less than five. A-B normal. That's a riff on the staple singer. And finally, we hide our trash. I mean, that that's a wild ride, that tune. Man. Lower interiors. No, yes, I, this time, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, uh, I stressed myself out with that one. <laughs> it is a stressor. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, this sounds kind of stupid to ask, you know, but, you know, what do you got planned next? You know, well, yeah, I'm sitting inside, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm probably going to make some biscuits and gravy. But um, what about music-wise? <laughs> what do you think uh, of music-wise? So I have a project right now. Um, my Our friend Ian Henderson um, has these really great, you know, funny but dark, kind of, kind of like Daddy Don't, like, you know, uh, just – funny but smart you know kind of songs and uh he's been playing solo for a while and um my boyfriend william and i william's a musician he's got a bunch of bands here in town and uh we were at a show and we were just kind of watching him and i you know had had a couple of drinks and i just like nudged william and was like hey we're his band now <laughs> and uh so you're backing I him up. again and uh, so we're backing him up, um, and we're called Weird Ian and the Restless Legs. Um, and, and what are you doing? Are you doing drums? I'm playing drums. William plays bass, and Ian plays guitar and sings. Power um, trio. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be in a trio again. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's a lot going I mean, compared to what was going on in Knoxville, it's, it's happening right now, right? So um, it, yeah, it comes in waves. You know, people are doing this a lot wave right in. now. This wave yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good right now. And, and like, who would you tell people to listen to if you knew? If oh man! Um, oh, there's so many things. So Horseur, um is one of Williams' bands, and uh, they're kind of off the wall. Like, um, I don't know, electronic operatic rap <laughs> i don't even know how to like describe it um there's a uh, temp job are really great sharice plays saxophone in that um and uh x gold uh criswell collective psychic bouse roach eaters whole wizard um bark bark uh, we're gonna have them on the show coming up yeah, they're great. Uh, Tim and Susan Lee, they're great, great people and really fun. Just, I don't know, rock and roll. Yeah, um, and where can people find you on the internet? Um, I have a, there's the band camp, the Lower Interiors band camp, and uh, I'm on Facebook. And, and um, is there a Maggie Brandon website? <laughs> no, there should be. Um, there should be, right? Because there should be. No, this is why I tell people the whole idea of, of from the old days of the fanzine, mm. right? Nobody, yeah, nobody's yeah. in between you and that Kinko's copy machine. Yeah, so Kinko, <laughs> I guess. But uh, I just think everybody needs one. Why yeah. not? Why where not? They, where, where they can have the unfiltered thing, you know. 
Yeah. And then from there, you could hang flyers on all those other telephone poles and shit. But uh, I can't stress it hard enough. So maybe there should be a MaggieBrandon.com. <laughs> I'll I'll work on that. Yeah, and I, I mean I'm not trying to get all fascist, <laughs> but just just that I'm trying to ex, ex, extend that fanzine uh, ethic thing. Yeah, going on. And, and and here's something else because you've been doing this now, right? All the 2000s, 20 years now, right? At least. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there must be younger ladies, younger guys coming up in town and. They might ask you for advice. What would you tell them, Maggie? Oh, uh, just, you know, just do it. Don't be afraid to do it. It's, uh, like the only, the only thing stopping you is, is you, you know, and if people don't like it, screw them, you know, it it doesn't matter. It's for you, you know, uh, I guess just, uh, I don't know, keep, keep on keeping on. (laughs) Well, I mean, I get a lot of answers, you know. Some, I think Hank Rollins said, don't quit your J job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my day I think, job I think Hank's me, only you know? day job was like Hagen dazs <laughs> in D.C. when he was young with Ian, right? Yeah. But still, you know, there's no wrong answer, right? It's just your, your life adds up to some experience, so maybe you can enhance. Of course, everybody's got to find their own way, and that's what's – Kind of neat about it too. Yeah, but I probably just don't let anybody bully you into something you don't want to do. Right, you know? right, right. Or play something you don't want to play, or wear clothes you don't want to wear. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we already have enough of that kind of shit. <laughs> and you know, what I forgot to ask you: Did you ever have musicians that you looked up to as you were going down your music path? Uh, uh, Inspirer. Uh, Definitely. I mean, I mean, a lot of the people, um, oh, there's a guy here in town and this is recent, not really like growing up, but, um, Dakota Smith, um, has a project, a certain zone. He was really like seeing him play, uh, really helped inspire me to do lower interiors. Just, uh, seeing what was capable with like one person controlling everything, you know, Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like being dynamic and, and, um, you know, interesting <laughs> instead of just a guy with a guitar, you know? Sure, sure. Um, but uh, I don't know. Everybody, there's such great people here and friends, you know, uh, Will Fist here in town um, really was like, he definitely encouraged me a lot to, you know, experiment and, and be, <laughs> I don't know, be wild, be free, you know? Uh, so I looked up to him a lot and, uh, there's, I don't know, most mostly people here in town that were just doing stuff. So it wasn't far away people you never met, like on the records, like, uh, uh, like the Scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I dropped the Scorpions pretty quick, I guess. Uh, um, I don't know, you know. I mean, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've always been a little, uh, you know, fangirl on some stuff. Exine. You know, Cervenka. Sure, um, sure. Uh, was, I, 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 John Doe was a big hero for me as a young punk rocker. Yeah. Her writing, his writing, too, you know, uh, was really, I liked, you know, just the, that that kind of poetry, you know. Um, I think they met at Beyond Baroque, a poetry place here in Venice. 
Okay. <laughs> not, not the Italy one, but <laughs> you know, it's been a big honor to have me have y'all aboard the show. It really means a lot to me because, uh, I, you know, nobody picks where they're from. You get dealt yeah. a hand, and I just I think it's bitching. Yeah. You take the clay, throw it on the wheel, and let the freak flag fly. So keep keep on keeping on, Maggie, please. Uh, thank you, Mike. It's an honor to be here. Okay. Yeah. People, it's been uh, April 1, 2020 edition Watt Pedro Show. Time to compose and record since we're in quarantino mode. <laughs> keep your powder dry. <laughs>